Okay. Surprise, shorty. You don't do TikTok, but people who do TikTok will know what I'm talking about. Um, we are here with a surprise special bonus mini episode of midwest madness your true crime cult conspiracy and cryptid podcast yay (laughs) just a heads up we both have colds i don't have a cold well you have a cough you've been coughing it's just like a little tickle in my throat okay well i have a cold and i promise it's just a cold i went and got checked yeah um I was going to say something and now I totally forgot. (laughs) Okay, well, while you remember, I would just like to put out a little, a little apology. Um, It was brought to my attention by someone on Instagram and I should have pulled up their name. I didn't. I apologize. I don't think we need to mention names. Well, they pointed out that in the Johnny Gosh episode, I made a comment that came off as very victim blamey. Um, It 100 was percent was not intended that way um after she pointed it out i realized they were totally right and i felt absolutely terrible i don't want that to be the perception of me that's out there is like that kind of person so i just wanted to like let everybody know i'm super sorry didn't mean for that to um be what is coming out of my mouth as a victim blaming statement because it's never the victim's fault. Right. So Emily and I talked off air. We're going to be better about calling each other out on that because sometimes, you know, you say something and you don't realize how it comes out. And yeah. So I just want everyone to be aware that we we do know that that happens and I do apologize. So. And uh, just keep holding us accountable. Yes, please. Because we are, you know, we're new to this and we're we're still learning that, you know, sometimes we spout things out and it's not. what maybe should have been said in the moment or whatever so yeah yeah absolutely yeah but um you know we just wanted to do a quick apology um and tell you the topic of our mini episode this week is actually about eugene martin who was mentioned in the johnny gosh episode um he was the little boy that was abducted in the same area two years after Johnny. Um, So I just thought it'd be kind of fun since, you know, we're learning and all that, that we tell his story. Um, Now it is going to be a mini episode because honestly, there's not that much information. Which is so strange because it came from the same place as the other one and you had plenty of information on Johnny Gosh. Yeah, and I think you'll kind of see that this one just like, there was like no clues really yeah, be really sad at the end of this episode um i mean it's always sad that's, true. <laughs> when, <laughs> that's a good point when a little boy disappears and they're never found um but it's i wouldn't say it's like any worse than johnny's story last week so okay okay um so let's get into this quick little mini-sode so um, our story starts on August 12th, 1984, so two years after Johnny disappeared. 13-year-old Eugene Martin left his home at approximately 5 a.m. in the West Des Moines area to start his paper route for the Des Moines Register. So the Is same, that the same paper? Same paper, okay. yep. Um, normally, Eugene did the paper route with his older stepbrother. However, this morning, he went alone. By himself. Oh, this is sounding like 
very familiar it is deja vu (laughs) and you remember last episode where i was like yeah it's always like these stories have to seem this like have this air of sadness where like his dad was supposed to go with velma wasn't supposed to be there and now like his stepbrother yeah like was typically went with him and like the one morning he didn't um do we know why he didn't yeah, so it was said that the Iowa State Fair was going on and Eugene wanted to make some extra cash so he would be able to attend. Okay. So it wasn't like... So it wasn't like his normal route or routine or anything? It no, was just, he just wanted to make some extra money, so he just probably didn't want to like split the cash with his stepbrother or whatever. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Okay, between... 5 and 5.45 a.m., witnesses saw Eugene talking to a clean-cut man in his 30s at the Southwest 12th Street and Highway Highview Drive. Sorry. (laughs) Um, The two seemed to be in a friendly conversation, and witnesses didn't say that Eugene looked like he felt uncomfortable in any way. Um, Okay, so again, just like Johnny Ghosh, a strange man. Yep. Um, And I do want to point out, like, a... Pretty much every source I had had these time frames a little bit different. Okay. Um, so th- if you go look at these sources, they might state a different time frame. But I want to say that it was like all within like 20, 20 minutes of each other. Okay. It wasn't like a super big time difference. So one would say like at 7.15 a.m. and the other one would say like 7.20 a.m. Or like 6.45. Okay. So it was like, it wasn't that close together, but okay. still not like one said 6 a.m. and one said 9 o'clock or whatever. Okay. Um, okay. Other witnesses reported seeing him talking to the man between 5.45 and 6.05 a.m. So we have between 5 and 5.45, 5.45 and 6.05, um, while, while Eugene sat rolling his papers. Okay. So between 6.10 and 6.15 a.m., Eugene's paper route bag was found on the ground with 10 undelivered papers still in it. One source I read said Eugene's manager called the family around 7.15 a.m. to report that Eugene's paper bag was sitting at the corner of Southwest 14th Street and Highview Drive. So witnesses saw him at Southwest 12th Street and Highview Drive, and his bag was found at Southwest 14th Street and Highview Drive. Okay. So just a few walks, blocks away. And that customers were not receiving their papers. Um, about 15 minutes later, at 7.30, the manager called back and stated that the paper bag was still sitting at the same spot and it had not been retrieved. So at this time, Eugene's dad, Donald, called the authorities. I feel like it's kind of it's kind of callous of people to not be worried about this kid to just be worried about their stupid paper. Yeah, and... I let me just get a little farther because okay. another source had something different. So, oh, okay. um, so again, one of my sources stated that the search officially began for Eugene around eight forty a.m., but that seems like a really long time between seven thirty, apparently, when Donald called the cops, and eight forty. So, I don't know how accurate that timeline is, but I just that was what I read. Um. A different source I read, and I'll have all these linked. Um, another source I read said that someone called Eugene's manager, stating that they hadn't received their paper that morning. So the manager went out to deliver the papers for Eugene, believing he just overslept. Okay, so. But when he found Eugene's newspaper bag on the ground, he thought it was odd. He picked it up. He still finished delivering the papers, though, which was weird. 
That is weird. And it's like, knowing what we know now, we know that he's missing. Yeah. So like, don't touch his bag because that could have been evident, you know. Yeah, could have been. But also, he probably at that point didn't know. Probably just didn't even think about it. He probably just picked it up. Like, honestly, like what I think that was, like if I was in that situation, would I be like, oh odd paper bag on the side of the road i don't really know you know what i mean yeah that's a good point i i really don't know um after he finished the manager finished delivering the papers he then went to eugene's house to talk to the family and let them know that eugene overslept however when he arrived and talked to eugene's dad donald they realized that eugene had went out to start the paper route and had not returned home so i don't know if like he just found the paper bag and didn't like connect the dots that like oh eugene didn't oversleep and he was actually yeah, on the paper route or that doesn't make any sense i'm suspicious of this manager now. <laughs> he's involved yeah no okay, I'm I, don't kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't i don't know and plus like the fact that my two sources were so like different we don't even know if either of these stories could be what actually happened that's true so who knows um so after Uh, He talked to Donald, and they realized that he went out to the paper route and didn't return home. Donald went out to search the neighborhood, and when he found nothing, he called authorities around 8.40 a.m. So both of my sources had the search starting around 8.40 a.m., so I'm going to go with that's probably pretty accurate. Okay, sorry. I'm a little distracted. Sirius is in my lap, and he's showing me his teeth. Oh, yeah. So. Well, he's just excited. Yeah, he's just like, my favorite auntie's here. Yeah. Okay, but do you need me to repeat that? Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, um, so after they realized he wasn't in bed, yes. um, Donald went out to search the neighborhood, and when he found nothing, he called authorities around 8.40 a.m. Okay. So I was saying that both my sources. Said 840. 8.40 is okay. when the police, the police off, right? get, yeah, okay. yeah. So now one cool thing, kind of cool thing, I want to talk about is just uh, 43 days before Eugene's disappearance, Iowa had signed in into act the Johnny Gosh Bill, which mandated immediate police response and involvement when a child was reported missing. Is that because of his badass of a mom? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Love her. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that just 43 days after this bill's passed, Uh, He goes missing in pretty much the same exact way. Um, Also, if you remember to Johnny's story, I talked about how much the West Des Moines Police Department didn't do. Didn't do. So I'm glad that they were able to get this bill passed that um, mandated immediate response. Yeah. And so I was going to say, like, you would think this would have maybe a better outcome because the police had to get involved faster. But you have to think, too, um, like, one of my sources had them stating that his bag was found between, what I think I said, like, 6.05 and 6.15 or 6.10 and 6.15, and the authorities didn't get involved till 8.40. So that's almost two hours later. That's that's true. Like, that's a big head start (laughs) for whoever took him. Yeah. Anyway, the West Des Moines Police Department immediately put out an all-points bulletin, setting up roadblocks, canvassing neighborhoods, and without, within hours, the FBI was involved. 
Okay. So a little bit different than the last Yeah, story. just like a smidge. Yeah. Um, in Eugene's case, the DCI, FBI, and the Des Moines Police Department all helped with the investigation. It was said the search team searched through cornfields all around the Des Moines area, and investigators even flew to Cancun in Canada to follow up on leads, leads in Eugene's case. Um, Those poor investigators that had to go to Cancun. Yeah. How do you think they chose that? Like, all right, Betty, you're going to Cancun, and Pete, you're going to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, Canada's pretty, too. <laughs> yeah, but... We have Canadian listeners. <laughs> um, Cancun. I know. I like Cancun. Uh, But the sad fact is that the only clues that they had to go on were Eugene's abandoned newspaper bag and the few witnesses who saw him talking to an unknown white male that morning. So literally, that's all they had. They didn't have a car. They didn't have... And they had a car in Johnny's, right? Yeah. They had like a truck or something. It was like a Ford something. I don't know if it was a truck, but... um, They, yeah, and the newspaper bag was probably picked up, so... Ugh, yeah it's just maddening yeah um kind of hard to do anything with just a couple witnesses seeing talking to someone in a bag <laughs> yeah especially if no one even knew who that person was right know. it's not like someone they recognized or whatever and it's proven that like if if you're not of the same um same race as the person that you're trying to describe it's actually harder to describe who they are so if any of those witnesses weren't white it would be harder for them to differentiate that's why like people always say like oh this race always looks exactly the same to me like when they're being terrible and racist but it's like scientifically proven that it's harder because we just don't notice the differences there's a big whole study about it i know it sounds really racist and it's terrible but it's like it's a sad fact yeah I don't know anything about who the witnesses were and it was like you got to remember it was early in the morning oh, that's a good point. so it probably wasn't even that light out and yeah. I mean I know myself at 5 45 in the morning and I am not reliable at all so well the only reason you'd be awake is because you're going on vacation so very true fact <laughs> um yeah uh, now, the main investigator in this case was senior police officer Jim Rowley. Now, Officer Rowley stated that a lot of, quote, a lot of weather, oh my goodness, leather went into canvassing, unquote, and he didn't want another, quote, West Des Moines deal, end quote, with a, quote, botched investigation, end quote. So, hmm. even he was like, yeah, we don't want another Johnny gauche case here so well yeah because it doesn't look very good for the police to literally have an entire story and the only thing you say about the police is they weren't really involved yeah um jim raleigh seems like a good guy though he actually keeps an old missing persons poster hanging in his garage so every day for the past 30 plus years he sees eugene's face that's really sad yeah um Officer Raleigh and Eugene's Dan Do- dad, Donald, <laughs> would meet every Friday evening for years to talk about new leads in the case. And at one point, Officer Raleigh believed that they had about 2,000 to 3,000 leads, but none of them were ever c- deemed credible. Holy cow. Yeah. Can you imagine having to weed through all of that? And, like, 
think about his his family too his like mom and dad thinking oh we have 2,000 to 3,000 leads like that seems like a lot and then to have not one of those 2,000 to 3,000 leads pan out to anything like how heartbreaking (laughs) could you even imagine it's just yeah like that's got to be so hard because you have so much hope with all that you know with that big of a number yeah like oh yes but to have nothing pan out is just terrible yeah it's so sad it's so hopeless feeling yeah um and the fact that they met like every friday too for like years it said like it just seemed like they neither of them ever really gave up which i don't think you ever really can are his parents still alive um no and i'll get into that as well um there's not much left like i said there's literally not that much on this case so strange um yeah it's it's really sad now unfortunately eugene was never found and the male he was seen talking to that morning has never been identified uh both johnny and eugene's cases remain open and neither of them have been legally declared dead um raleigh has a theory that both eugene and johnny were both abducted and were victims of the same pedophile ring and he also believes that neither of the boys are alive today um Johnny and Eugene's cases were never officially linked, which seems kind of weird. Kind of does. Um, there seems to be like a lot of, not a lot of big similarities, but like big enough similarities. You would think. I don't want to say a lot just because there isn't that much in Eugene's case, um, other than the fact that he was a paper boy. He was on his paper route. Taken early in the early morning. In the morning. Seen talking to a white male um they're around the same age and it was in the same area so those are all big things you yeah. would you would think but again you how can you link a case like eugene's to anything really because <laughs> there's not much yeah and even in johnny's there isn't there isn't really much lot. either you know a lot of it is well maybe 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 yeah it was like a lot of conspiracy like oh like the little boy ran up and yeah blah 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 so it's just it's sad <laughs> Um, now Eugene's stepmom and dad divorced after Eugene's disappearance. Eugene's mother, Janice, died of complications of diabetes, and Donald, Eugene's dad, died of complications from Alzheimer's disease and colon cancer in 2010. They never did find out what happened to their son. And it was kind of sad, too, because on Donald's, uh, obit, Mm -hmm. it did say proceeded to death by, and they did list Eugene, even though he's never been officially declared deceased they did put that on his obit that's i mean at that point you almost have to assume yeah i'm sure that his dad didn't but like even the police are thinking yeah they're probably gone by now yeah um now when i was researching a third case is mentioned of a third boy 13-year-old Mark James Warren Allen went missing in the Des Moines area while walking to her friend's house on March 29, 1986. So, Johnny disappeared in 1982, Eugene disappeared in 1984, and Mark disappeared in 1986. But this case, again, never has been connected to Johnny or Eugene's, and Mark hasn't been found to this day either. 
and that's literally all I have. I wish <laughs> that people could have seen my face as you were talking about the last boy. I feel like I it's like it was just baffled. Now, like I now I'm like okay, now do I have to research Mark? And am I gonna find another boy who went missing in the Des Moines area? Oh my God. <laughs> People of Des Moines, watch your sons, please. I mean, this was back in 1986. That's true. But if you look into that one and then find another yeah. one two years later, and I then know. you look into that one and find another. God, that's so sad. It's just weird. Like, and you know what? If I like had to bet on it, I would probably say that all three of these cases are probably linked. Just because Mark, like, they, they never saying because mark wasn't a paper boy that and that he didn't go missing like on a paper route that this isn't really connected but i'm but like they're the same age same area same, same area demographics like literally within two years of each other yeah yeah i if i had to bet i would say that these are probably probably linked yikes Dwayne. yeah yeah and it's weird that you never really hear about these stories much either yeah because like Again, we're from Minnesota, so Jacob Wetterling mm-hmm. was the big one. And, like, we grew up knowing that story. Yeah. And that's not from our capital city or a big city. Is Des Moines. Des Moines is the capital, by the yep. way, right? Okay. Des Moines, yeah. That's what I thought. But I just all of a sudden was like, oh, no. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> so, but, like, we still knew everyone in Minnesota knows the story of Jacob Wetterling. Yeah. So the fact that we're one state away and we've never heard anything about any of this. Like we're two hours from where Jacob Wetterling was kidnapped and we're like three and a half hours from Des Moines. Yeah. Not to like triangulate where we live, but. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I think people can assume we're probably from the Twin Cities since I talked about that in our Duluth episode. That's true. Um, But yeah. So it's pretty sad. I wish there was more information, but I literally... Like, every source I had literally had that same, like, little bit of info. There wasn't... I even... I, like, tried to dig into the investigation more, and there's just, like, That's, like... It nothing. sounds like it was as frustrating as finding melon-headed information was for yeah. me. Like, <laughs> Probably. do you have, like, 17 sources, or it felt like you had, like, 30 different sources? I have five. Yeah, I had, like, six or seven. Yeah. It was just... It was, like, impossible to find anything and it's so frustrating because you're like i know there's information out there just how do i get my hands on it yeah um so that is our mini mini episode our first mini (laughs) um if you guys want to let us know like what you think do you think eugene and johnny's cases are linked do you think eugene johnny and mark's cases are linked or do you think these are all just like super sad unlinked incidents in the city of des moines and you can find us in three places, and I'm going to get the Twitter right this time. <laughs> the Twitter is MWMadPodcast, I think. <laughs> Should I do my sources really quick? Yeah, I'll look, I'll look at okay. the Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do my sources, and you double check. Yep, triple check. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, my first source was, again, the charlieproject.org, and it's just under his name, Eugene Wade Martin. Um, my second source was iowacoldcases.org. 
My third source was um, AETV.com, and the title of that article was The Paperboy Abduction Cases, The Legacy of Two Des Moines Boys Who Are Still Missing, and it was written by Callie White Van Bali on August 6th, 2020, so that was actually pretty recent. Yeah. Um, and then my last source is from WeAreIowa.com. And it's Eugene Martin's case remains open after 31 years, written by Amanda Krenz on November 5th, 2015. Oh, and I do want to state, too, um, you know how I said Johnny was the first boy to be featured on a missing milk. person on yeah. a milk carton? Yeah. They actually put Eugene and Johnny on um, the same milk car- carton. Oh, wow, because they were that confident about them being linked. Yeah. So I'll put that picture on our Instagram for sure when yeah. this drops. Um, okay, so our Twitter is MWMadnessPod. So I was backwards. MadnessPod. M. And then our Twitter is, or not, sorry, Twitter. Haha. <laughs> our Instagram is, um, <clears throat> oh my God, Emily, help me. What is it? MWMadnessPodcast. Podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh, now you have me second guessing everything. Um, and then our, uh, Facebook page is Midwest Madness Podcast. And our email is mwmadnesspod at gmail.com. Isn't it podcast? Yeah. Oh, my God. mwmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. You know what? Why don't you all just go listen to an old episode at the end while we actually get the social medias right? Oh, my God. Just... Oh, I'm going to write them all down next time. <laughs> um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us um, a five-star rating and write us a little review. We do actually read those, so we appreciate yeah, it. I can tell you there's only two of them <laughs> because I check like every three days. Perfect. And uh, share us with a friend if you think they would like this. Yes, but please. Other than that, we'll be back next Tuesday. I will be telling the story again. Um so just because I told this mini so doesn't mean you're going to skip out on me next yet. <laughs> next Tuesday. And it's a, I'm doing a whopper of a case. Ooh. And guess what? what? I haven't started even reading it yet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Guys, it's, uh, we record usually on Sundays and it's Thursday. So it's okay. Cause I'm planning to do it Saturday. Cause my only plans are watching state dance team and sitting on my couch. So. All right. Sounds like a, a good time. All right. So you guys tune in to see if I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I will. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.